Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your, I am your host. Um, I'm your host who's had a few beers. Um, I've been celebrating all day, New Year Day. I prefer. I've had my family up and we've had a few drinks and everything else, and we celebrated my daughter's engagement. Uh, and it's been an absolutely wonderful day. So if I slur a little bit, please excuse me. Um, Happy New Year, Trevor. Happy New Year, Dan. Happy New Year, Alex. How are you doing? You're totally, totally unprofessional, Fergus. Can't believe you've done it, honestly. Yeah, of I know. all the people to go and get drunk, and now we've got to put up with you for an hour, and we don't want to I'm do not, that anyway. It's bad I'm enough not, when you're sober. I'm and not also, drunk. Now you've, I'm now you've had a few up. beers. It's like you're talking on like times two speed, mate. You just need to slow it down. Because <laughs> we don't understand you at the best of times if you are in accent, but now. That's all I can hear. Oh, what are you talking shit for? Exactly. <laughs> Trevor, happy new year to you. How are you doing? Happy new year to to you and everybody, mate. I've, it's been a horrible day. I've had a good day New Year's wise, but if you think we're about football on this podcast, I feel like after yesterday's performance, I've gone back four years. I genuinely do. I, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling to stay positive. About it, we'll find some positive things to talk about tonight. But West Ham was hard to take. Yesterday was harder. Not, not good. Not good. Alex, happy New Year to you. Um, uh, you. A momentous, momentous time in the Danish calendar as well. The Queen has abdicated. Um, one point over the Christmas period as well for the Arsenal. So it's been quite an eventful Christmas for you, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean the day yesterday. New Year's Eve started off horrendous with with football, and then during the the New Year speech from the, from the Queen, which I've been used to her doing uh, ever since I've grown up, she announced that she's abdicating. So crazy day yesterday. Um, still a bit shocked today about it, to be honest. But um, she, she was the yeah. longest serving monarch aside from Queen Elizabeth II, wasn't she? Yeah, and the only um, female uh, in the world. So there's no more female. Majesties um, in the world after the 14th of January. Wow. Okay. And yeah. she did wave to me when I was in Sonnenberg uh, in yeah. You saw her July. Yeah, okay, yeah I did. I did. I did. So, so that's, why, that's why she's had the case. She had to. Quite possibly, Dan. Quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Abdication by association, eh? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Before we start at all, uh, that what we'd like to say first of all is Happy New Year from everyone at Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Let's get rid of the banner, uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Um, we also uh, managed to reach 40,000 views on YouTube. So we thank everybody who's watching us on YouTube or listening to us on audio and everything else. Um, yeah, without you, we wouldn't get those um, that, that credit. So if you are listening or watching another platform, uh, feel free to jump over to YouTube and subscribe to us. We're going to talk about the West Ham game first, and then we'll talk about the, um, uh, the Fulham game. It's not been a great Christmas. We'll try and look forward to the new year. We'll try and look forward to the FA Cup. 
Well, that's going to be difficult too because we've got Liverpool as well. Um, have, hello to everyone in the chat. Let me see who's in the chat. Uh, Arnie, Dale, Heath, uh, Steve. Happy New Year to you and everybody else. Um, uh, thanks for joining us. We fixed the problem that was wrong with the YouTube chat last week, so you should have no problems uh, on there as well. And ha Happy New Year, Leanne. Um, so let's look at the Arsenal-West Ham game, first of all. Uh, it was quite a bit of fun. Oh, hang on. No, that's just showing my celebrations of what I've been doing all day. There, look. That's my daughter's champagne and her engagement ring. And we had some cheese and nibbles. That's my day today. Uh, this there? was if you, if you keep flicking pictures, mate, I don't know what's going to pop up with you in this state. And we don't want any nope. nudity of Fergus. <laughs> there's not, there's not, there's not, there, I don't think there's any pictures, any gingers in there. It's okay. Oh, actually, hang on. No, there is one there. Look, that was us in the Woodbine before the West Ham game. Uh, and that's uh, myself, yourself and Lyle at block five uh, before we start singing. Um, Dan knew uh, what the result was going to be. He doesn't look at that face. After. Yeah, it was after the game. That was why. Actually, I think I, do, I, I think I might even have a nude picture. There we go. Looks on, look who's on page three of the sun. The again. <laughs> He's got his tits out for the sun. Trevor, what about that? Get yourself off mute. By the way, I'm not associating any way with that newspaper. I don't like that newspaper. Um, I don't buy it. I wouldn't ever purchase it. And they've used me pictures, so I can't do anything about it. But, uh, yeah, so be it. Well, look, boys, if we're going to start talking about West Ham, right, I'm going to start it off with a bit of a statement that might, you boys might find a bit difficult to understand. But when after the West Ham game ended, I could sort of find a reason for us getting beat, you know, right? I was unhappy that we'd been beaten, obviously, and... We'd been outplayed, but I think the I think the game was won off the pitch. I think Moyes, in my from my view, Moyes beat Arteta. Moyes beat Arteta. Moyes knew where we we got the ball, and he let us have it in them areas. But he didn't let us. He knew how we moved the, the ball from the areas we have it into the danger areas, and he stopped us. And he stopped us. And uh, I was I was down, but I could find reason, but. Well, we'll talk about the next one later, but come on. I've got to try and pick myself up here because I'm struggling. Yeah, you do. I, you I don't do. want to talk about the game. I think we should just skip it all together. So the lineup was virtually unchanged. The only change that we had was Trossard was in for um, Havertz because Havertz was serving a ban. Um, what did we make of the game? Look, we'll do it quite quickly. The, 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 the thing that stood out for me on on that was Nanwari. Oh, Christ. That's difficult after champagne and beer. Um, was on the bench. That was it was good to see him, uh, Alex, wasn't it? To, on the bench. A shame he didn't get a, a run out. But I don't think the game allowed us to blood some some players like that. Do you? Um, no, not really. And I think um, there's others in front of him in, in the queue as well. Players like Smith Rowe, uh, who, who hasn't really got much game time lately. Um, who came on? I think he came on a bit late in that game, but. I feel like a player like Smith Rowe should get uh, played in front of in one year. Um, and to be honest, it doesn't seem like he has too much faith in his youngsters. Um, I mean, when you look all over Europe, there's some bright talent coming through at PSG. They're playing like a 16, 17 year old midfielder. It doesn't seem like Arteta really trusts the players like Enwanyeri too much to the extent that he'll play them when when we need something off the bench. But, um, I mean, we'll have to see 
further down the line how how he integrates them players because we have got some good players coming through the the ranks. Mm, as Matt says on there, our benches are worry because when you do look at the benches, yeah. and if we look at, look at that uh, particular bench in there, you're looking at Ramsdale, Cedric, uh, Kivior, Jorginho, El Neni. Um, okay, Ramsdale's a decent player. Cedric, Kivior, Kivior's suspect. Um, you know, the, 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 there's players on there that you would come along and go, I'm not sure, would they make our starting 11? Definitely not. Mm. Uh, would you see them making their international appearances for well, their clubs? Probably not. Um, but the one observation I had, uh, as Trevor said, that the game was won off the pitch, but I think that was probably more in the dressing room and tactically by um, Moyes. Because in that game, Trev, um, they seem to have seven in the box, more or less, all the game. We look at the goals, we look at the, the, the VAR decisions, and we look at the penalty and stuff in a few minutes. But they seem to really have just packed out their box and defensively uh, we're, we're, we're going to just hold on for a nil-nil effectively from, from day one. Uh, as two minutes after the game kicked off, I I put into our WhatsApp group, they've parked the bus here, West Ham. They've parked the bus and and they're not going to press. And when they didn't press and they parked the bus, they, they sit deep and they deprive us of that space that we need behind them to get into the box, to finish the goals the way we normally do, you know, the Odegaard sweeps from the edge of the box or the little dinks in from Martinelli in the box. They didn't let mm -hmm. us in the, in the box. West Ham didn't let us in the penalty area. They played a blinding game against us. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that West Ham, when they came, would have taken a, a nil-nil. I'm absolutely certain. And when you look at the two teams, last year, that Arsenal team, should, we, we're all excited and would beat West Ham, you know, although we've we've got a, got a bit of a losing run against West Ham. But that night the, against West Ham, we just didn't do it. We just, we, 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 we come up against a brick wall and we had absolutely no answer. And the answer that might have fixed it, we haven't got one in the club. And everyone knows what I'm talking about, you know. So it was it was disappointing. But as I said at the start, I watched the game against West Ham and for once in my life, I was sober and I could see a reason we got beaten. I could see a reason we got beaten. And what was most worrying about that was Arteta must have seen that reason because I'm no football manager. Arteta must have seen that reason and there was nothing he could do about it. Can I Dan, jump you're th that one? Yeah, go, go, go ahead, Alex. Because I'm not sure how much I think Arteta was beaten tactically because we nearly created um, three XG during the game. We created so many chances and I felt like we should have scored at least two goals. Um, and we kept West Ham pretty quiet apart, apart from their early goal, which of course made them park the bus and then we conceded a late penalty. But I felt like on another day, if we took our chances, we would have won that game. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Dan, Dan, it was a difficult night and it was it was a difficult night even starting on the concourse, considering it was an 8.15 kickoff. It was a Thursday night. It was a strange sort we we had a good uh, couple of beers in the in the pub and everything else. And but even even the concourse was a little bit weird, wasn't it? Dan? I I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was it's not the best, but not the worst. Um do you know what? I, I think one, it's important not to let the Fulham game 
blur the line to the West Ham game because I think they were very, two very, very different games. But also yeah. there's a lot of lazy narratives going around from a lot, a lot of people. And I think it's important not to fall into those traps because I actually thought for against West Ham, we played a very good game. I feel like we should have won that game. And without even mentioning the ball being out of play, forget that for their goal. We, we should have been able to score a couple of goals and we just didn't take our chances. So that game, we just wasn't clinical in our own box in terms of defending. We wasn't quite at the races in finishing chances. And we've got no one else to blame other than ourselves in terms of, of not being clinical at either end. But I thought between the two boxes, we played very well, controlled the game very well. We suffocated them well. We actually created chances, but we just didn't finish them. And, uh, and if, if but, you're going to pick Dan, you said you, you, you we you, can... If you're going to pick a game out of West Ham or Fulham to say we need a striker, I don't think a striker, and I'm not going to jump ahead to the Fulham game too much, but a striker would have made no difference against Fulham. So that isn't against the issue. West Ham. Isn't, uh, yeah, no, against Fulham. So if we had a striker against yeah. Fulham, that would have made no difference. But against West Ham, I do agree maybe having a bit more of a clinical centre forward would have made a difference in that in that game. Um, Jay-Z's had two headers and he, and he should have buried at least one, probably both. Mm. And we, we created enough for me in that game to win the game. So I, 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 I don't think we should be jumping too much on players' backs and saying for the West Ham game that that we didn't perform well because I think we did. I the the we West Ham game three times, didn't we? Against West Ham, we got in the box three times that I can remember. Saka at the post, and Jesus should have scored one of them two headers, particularly the second one, which which was a bit embarrassing. I can't remember us creating another chance inside the box. We we we. What, were right. saying, in their box the whole game we had the most most touches uh in the whole season in, in oh, of course we did alex we had loads of touches mate but we had them touches where where west ham wanted us to have them around the edge we, of the box we no, didn't only have no, three no no we, we we had 77 touches in the opposition box without scoring you know that that that's the worst record going that we, we sorry oh hit that button wrong um that that that's that's a record in in itself um dan i i i pick pick you up on you saying like we controlled the west ham game i don't think we did i think west ham controlled us um let, let let's look let me, at let the, me, let me the just, just quickly read something to you right and and i know you don't play football on paper and you don't play football with stats but we lost 2-0 to West Ham. XG for us, 2.87 to their 1.51. Ball possession, 74% to their 76. Goal attempts, 30 to their 6. Shots on target, 8 from us to their 3. Shots off target, 22 to their 3. There's, there's, you know, there, there's nothing there that, that, you know, shows that's not dominating that game. And, and it's just... No, 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 no. No, we dominated the game. I'm, I'm, I'm picking you up on words. We dominated the game. That's fine. We didn't control the game. I think, I think West Ham controlled we, the we game. We controlled that from start to finish. I mean, the, the, the only difference was we didn't finish our own chances and the couple of chances they had, they, they finished. That's, it's as simple as that, really. I mean, we, we limited them to a couple of chances and they scored two of them, two out of their three. We created probably, I think, on stats-wise, eight big chances. And we scored none. 
Let's look at those uh, those opportunities that we didn't um, that we let the West Ham in on. The first one is the first goal. We look at the VAR as well. The ball comes in. It's a bit of a calamity between two defenders, and the ball I didn't notice when we were in the stands, but the ball goes behind, um, uh, and it looks like it goes out of play. Subsequently, there's a VAR, and the VAR looks uh, to see if the ball's out of play. We've seen things on the internet with. Keys and Gray and being sports and uh, from the stills I've seen, I personally think the ball was out of play, but it, it will only be about that much, and which is similar to what uh, Keys and Gray say with their technology, which is the Qatar World Cup technology. I think um, Alex that um, they've used to say the ball was in play. What was your thought on first of all the 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 confusion? our calamitous uh, uh, performance of the defenders to let that ball just bounce around like that to get to Bowen and subsequently uh, Suchek and the the goal conceded. Uh, Raya, where I was sitting, that just looked like it was flapping, but I'm not putting it on Raya. I'm putting it on the two defenders for me. Yeah, I think um, they did very well in being direct when when they got the ball, West Ham, um, and they have... They have got some good players at counter-attacking with Kudus and, and Bone. So they did that very well. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, yeah, it was just a, a massive collapse in our defence between, I think it was Sinchenko and Gabriel who just didn't communicate and sort of ran into each other where Gabriel cleared the ball off Sinchenko and, and then it fell to Bone, who <clears throat> I think um, I think you're right in saying it looks out. I think it looks out as well, but... I understand why they can't um, disallow the goal because we can't be 110% certain that the ball was out um, on those pictures, but it just falls back on the technology and why haven't we got anything to determine whether the ball is in or out um, a metre outside the goalposts when we can when it's within the goalposts. Um, I don't know why that that's the case, but it just seems weird when you... When the ball is inside the post and, and then when you look at this ball, it's one metre past the post and we can't determine whether it's in and out. We've got no technology to, to do so. So, Well, the te- just- technology is there with the goal line technology. Just extend it. Is what what I mean, yeah. Why can't it's we get past the posts? Yeah, and um, you just feel very unlucky because that, that's twice now where it's come, come um, to bite us. Uh, the Newcastle game and, and then this one as well. So it just feels so unlucky that we've been on the wrong end of of technology issues or lack so of they talk about tech. They talk about technology. They talk about cameras, angles, and stuff like that. Not, and Dan will know where I'm going with this one. There's these camera on a rail which have been installed at the Emirates Stadium, and they basically run along the side of the pitch. Okay, uh, on this rail here, underneath, I think it's the uh, underneath the um, the upper tier, um, and that runs the whole length of the pitch. So one, there's no reason for ever an offside to be wrong at the Emirates because they're going to have a camera running up and down with the pitch uh, with the ball. And two, if that runs all that way along, Trev, surely they should be able to zoom in between that and some other angles that had a spider cam that does got goal line technology. Surely there should be enough to pick out on that one. Look, it, it, I'm sick of blaming technology, right, and blaming referees. And I'm not the, the whether the ball the ball was in, the ball was out, right? People see it different ways. Arsenal fans all think the ball was out. Everyone else on the planet will say the ball was in. So it's not they're not speaking 
with the idea of looking at a football match, they're speaking, people speak with what teams they support and what bias they have. It, the narrative yeah. changes every week. And in this instance, I'm not prepared to, to, to blame the technology. That, that, whether it was a goal or it wasn't a goal, it was important, yeah, but we were beaten on the field, you know. I've still got, I mean, them statistics said we had eight shots on goal, right? How many saves did their goalkeeper have to make? How many blinding saves did their goalkeeper have to make? I think two, you know, and not even one blinding one. None. None. So we, they gave us the, we've, I'm not letting it go, right? They gave us possession even in the box, but they played us at our game and they beat us fair and square. I'm not blaming. I'm, I'm gutted, sick, sick to death about the defeat. But I'm not blaming technology in this instance. I refuse to. I will not. 12 minutes into the game, we, me and Dan are standing in the North Bank. We're thinking, yeah, 12 minutes. Okay, yeah, that was shit. That was absolutely awful that we conceded that goal. We've got plenty of time. We're going to win this 3-1. Went to half time. We went in, 1-0 down. And we're thinking, okay, all right. Arteta's going to come in and shove a rocket up them. and. They're going to come out and they did press. There was a lot of pressing. We had, as you said, a lot of possession. But this happens, Dan. Mavropanos, um, he comes in from a set piece and we can see it again from a set piece. And I don't understand why this is happening. Dan, talk us through what your thoughts were about that. At 2-0, you knew with this style of West Ham, we were screwed. There was, uh, it was 55 minutes. I knew we had some time to come back. But at that point, I thought, oh, this is going to be difficult. You know what? Honestly, it's, uh, it's a bit difficult to speak about just that goal without commenting on a few other things I've heard and also just read in the chats. Because what what I will say is, I agree with you 100%, Trev. We can't be blaming technology for this defeat. We, we didn't lose because of technology. We didn't lose because of decisions from refs or VAR or anything like that. We, we lost because we didn't take our own chances and we were also clinical when we defended. And you see with that goal... It's frustrating to be conceding set-piece goals. He's just lost his man and he's he's got a free header to, to run to the front post. But some of these comments I'm seeing about how now people slating that the way we attack and it's all predictable and it's all Arteta's fault and it's all this. and this. Everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon and complain and say, you know, someone someone's at fault, someone's at fault, it's Arteta's fault. These are the same things that you everyone was praising Arteta for three or four weeks ago. The same players that people were praising yet all of a sudden you have one or two bad results reactionary change direction and let's flip-flop and then we'll have a go at them it's not what it's like to be a fan and i'm sorry some people need to look at themselves and say you're coming out with a big load of bullshit and and i can't put it in any other way than as, as a football yeah, fan yeah. as an Arsenal fan I, I find it highly offensive to the club and the people that yeah. we love to support it week in week out that people are coming out with these comments and and Dan, I can't you know, put it in a way, then I think it's a ridiculous comment. You, you, you know what it is? It, it, uh, most football fans are very reactionary and very living from the last game. And I can understand that because I felt down after the West Ham game. I felt down after the Fulham game. But between the Fulham and West Ham game, you know what I did? Just because there was nothing on TV and I couldn't sleep the other night, I actually watched last week's podcast, the one where we got a draw at Anfield. And I had questioned whether... Last season, people talked about us getting a draw at Anfield and got, oh, it's awful. We should have got, we should have won. We were two 0 up and everything else. This season, we came back from Anfield and we're gone. Yeah, brilliant. 
We left it on the pitch. It was fantastic. But it was amazing just to watch the positive talk from you, from from Dale and 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 from Trevor and the outlook and, and, and the way we were trying to be a bit more optimistic and perspective, uh, getting things into perspective more. And then you have two defeats on the trot and you get these people Harry Carry. It, it is it is I, absolutely I ridiculous. It's a, it's a very different it's a very different time and and, and and I agree with you on the Anfield point, but you have to look at the occasions, right? Last year we were in probably some of the best form we've had for a long, long time in many years mm-hmm. against a Liverpool side that was out of bomb completely and was nowhere near the top. And we were 2-0 up and we should have won that game from being 2-0 up. Now, this year we've gone there and we're playing against a, a different Liverpool side, a Liverpool side that's probably in their best form for a couple of years and against a team where Klopp's got the crowd up and, and you're playing a completely different occasion this year to last year. It isn't a running game this year. This year. It's mid-season, completely different to playing in a run-in. And you do take different results in different situations. And this isn't me always trying to be positive and jump and support the players because you'll hear in a minute when we go on to the Fulham game how much I think it was just the worst performance I've seen from a couple of years from our players that that looked like we've gone back and not caring. And I don't think that's the case, by the way. I don't believe for one second that players don't care. I really do believe they care. And, and part of this group we've got now, are, for me, are different to the groups we've seen in the last four or five, six years in, in that they do play for the badge and that I think they've had an off day. But I'm just fed up with people that that want to flip-flop between one minute they love and one minute they hate them. You know, and this goes the same for the opposite direction. Have we won these games? Have we, do we go and win the next two, three games? The opinion doesn't change. That We are doing the same things, but results happen. Football, different things happen. You don't always get what you deserve in football. And I think for me, the West Ham game shows that we don't get what we deserve. But then the Fulham game, we got exactly what we deserve. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean because of those two results that I changed my opinion on a player. You know, Zinchenko, when he first came in, everyone loved him, changed the way we play. People were supporting the fact he comes in the middle and plays as a box and plays as an inverted winger. Now, all of a sudden, everybody hates it because it's he's the worst defender in the world. Yeah. Now, yeah. 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 Not without with the head to Fulham, we saw what happens when we don't have Zinchenko. Kibio had an awful first half. Tommy came on and didn't do any better. But everyone's going to now slate Zinchenko for the West Ham game. And all I want is a bit more consistency across the board, not to slate them, not to love them, somewhere in the middle that's a bit more understanding of both the positives and the negatives. And I don't think we get it. Let's finish up on the West Ham game. Um, Trevor, uh, Declan Rice, I don't think he had a a great Christmas, if I'm honest, Uh, both in the West Ham game. I think the occasion uh, was a bit much for him at times. And I think like everybody in the Fulham game, but he gave a penalty away and uh, at the tail end, which Raya subsequently saved this penalty, he took a slip. I don't think, you know, I think the slip itself caused him to give away that penalty. I think if he didn't slip, he doesn't give away that penalty. Um, but talk me, talk to me about that. But also that's three games on the trot against West Ham and all competitions that we've lost. Why are we losing to a West Ham, a David Moyes West Ham? Look, right, firstly, I can't move on until I say, I've just spent the last 20 minutes saying that we were rubbish against West Ham and saying that we got it wrong, but I've not called a player out. I've not named a player. I've not named a player. I've I've talked about the performance and what I thought went on from a tactical perspective on the field of play. Not one player I've named on the Arsenal side because, as I said at the start, I could see a reason we got beat, right? 
by the time the penalty was given, I couldn't give a damn anyway because we weren't going to score. As someone said in the chat, if we kept playing till we kicked off against Fulham, we weren't going to score against West Ham. You know, so uh, I think that we, I don't know what's happening with West Ham. Just run of the draw, I suppose. I can't see any pattern to it. It's gone. I think that Moyes outplayed Arteta. I don't think that any of the players could make a difference, although they tried. And um, yeah, we lacked a centre forward for we we lacked being able to put a different perspective on the game. But I've not called a player, and not one player I've named, and I won't because I can see other reasons why we got beaten. Now, as Dan rightly just said, we're going to shortly move on to the Fulham game, right? And that is a whole different ball game. That is a massively different ball game, yeah? Because in the Fulham game, I can see what was going wrong. I'm in row three, watching the game unfold in front of my eyes, getting soaking wet through to the skin, right? In the pouring down rain. And those players that come over to me at the end of the game when they win and suck all the enthusiasm out of us, didn't even come over to us. Just had a little curse. As they walked towards the corner, a little curse we walked towards the fans. Thank you and off. If you're going to come and stand in front of me when you win games, players, come and stand in front of me when you lose games, players. Because I ain't going to shout abuse at you. I'm going to try and take an opportunity to lift you for the next game. And Stuart McFarlane, the Arsenal photographer, was in front of me yesterday. And he probably thought I was some kind of idiot, right? But I called him and he looked at me. I said, Stuart, when you see them players this week, you tell them they should come across to us. Because we're proper fans here. We ain't going to shout and scream abuse at them because they lost. We're going to try and lift them for the next game. And I was so upset with that. But that was just the end of what was a bad day. And I know we're going to talk about it. I'm so upset about yesterday. You talk about fans, Trevor. Um, to finish up on the West Ham game, I know it was an 8-15 kickoff for, for TV reasons, but there was two people beside me in in seats, which are season ticket holders. Dan knows the, the people next to us. And really lovely couple. Um, lovely lady bought her partner um, a present back in November um, from a ticketing website and paid over £200 a pop. Um, for tickets they bought on the ticket website, and they stayed there right till the end. Unlike many of the uh, Arsenal faithful, uh, Dan, you saw them uh, leaving early. You know, I, I know I get for the likes of Trevor, he's the last train and everything else. Why leave early? Go on, Trevor. You can moan all you like, but you know, you choose to go to that game. You know, you're coming down to you're coming down uh, to the Brighton game, and and you you've sorted out accommodation because you know travel is difficult. Look, right, football started at the Arsenal in 1886, right? And ever since that first game, people have been leaving early. It ain't ideal. I get why people get the ump with it. But you can't keep banging on about it because it okay. won't ever change. It will never, okay. ever change. It's down okay. to us that managed to stay till the end to lift the players because we ain't stopping no one leaving. It's horrible. I don't like it. I have to do it myself for the 8-15 kickoffs. After we running out of exit D as soon as that final whistle goes. But I don't like people leaving early. It's embarrassing. But we ain't going to change it. We ain't going to change it. No, I get it. And it's a valid point. It's a valid point. I'll move on. I'll move on. We'll move uh, on to Fulham. I mean, Fulham. What, what, what I would say on that just very quickly is that I don't think it's, it's, it's not the comment of, 
of leaving early, right? And I think it's probably we use the wrong words because we're focusing on the action of leaving early, whereas I don't think that's the issue. For me, for me, the issue has always been the reason why and the reason behind it. And there are many reasons behind it, which I understand, and I don't think anyone would criticise people for. For me, it's the reaction of all of a sudden we've not won and then people want to turn their backs. And, and that's what it shows to me. And that's the thing that, that, that annoys me more. It's all of a sudden, oh, we're not winning, so Sodom then, we don't care. And anyone that leaves for a reason because of that, I don't think deserves to be in the stadium. Now, for a different reason, you leave early, I think it's not a problem. And and and, and it doesn't matter whether you're winning, whether you're losing or what, what happens score-wise, you know, everyone's got different reasons and as many people say you pay for your ticket and, and you do what you want with it which is fine um i couldn't care less if you stayed to the 95th minute and then walked out the stadium abusing them that, that would wind me up just as much as people leaving early so the leaving early is probably the, the irrelevant bit it's it's the fact of turning the back on the club which i think winds me up you see Fern, yeah, no. like dan's dan's made the point excellently there he's made it better than i did right i just yeah. ranted a bit right and dan's made the point excellently you know People leaving because the team's losing. Uh, I, I've just said it. I'll never get it. I'll never get it. And I'm 61 years old and I'll never get it, you know. But, Danny boy, we ain't going to change it, son. It'll always, it's always been there and it will always be there. It's embarrassing. But it's not just us. It's every game in the country. For some reason, they pick on the Arsenal, don't they, to show the empty seats, you know. If the press want to show a picture of a ground empty and quickly, there's 91 other grounds in the Football League. But no, they'll show the Arsenal ground because they pick on us. It's not just us. It's every ground in the country. And that don't make it right, by the way. Hmm. Alex, um, we went to Fulham uh, yesterday and it was uh, changes of Havertz in for Trossard, Kivior in for Zinni and Eddie in for Jesus. Thoughts on the changes? Yeah, I think it seems like Arteta wanted to see, uh, he wanted to bring new energy. Um, I think that was the, the words he used in the pre-match interview. I think um, Havertz was missed against West Ham. Um, we missed him for all the, the balls we put in the box. Um, so I expected him to come in. Um, I was surprised to see Kivio come in, but of course, um, Sini's been, been injured, so... Um, he had to bring in uh, Kibio. And then I was very surprised to see Enketia instead of Jesus. Um, I did think that Enketia brought something different when he, when he came on and his presence in the box um, made, made, a, made an impact. But um, I must say, I was surprised to see him. Uh, but it just shows that Arteta has faith in him. And he's, he's had that for a long time. But... Um, it didn't pay off in this game, but I think, like Dan said, we, we could have put any striker in the game and it wouldn't have made a difference for the Fulham game. Um, mm. But I was positive going into the game. I think um, we all felt like we needed to bounce back after the, the West Ham game. Um, and it was a good opportunity against Fulham. Um, they've they've um, they've had a, a weird season where they've had three or four good games in a row, scoring five goals each game. And then they've had three goal, uh, three games where they've played horrendously and lost, uh, lost big time. So um, it was a good opportunity to, to to go to Fulham, and we 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 went there last season and and got a, a good result. I think we won three 0 So um, yeah, yeah, we, 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 
we won three 0 with a hat trick of assists assist by Trossard. Um, Dan, we started re- we start, started really really bright. Um, Saka came in and scored the first goal, which was was all a lot of work that came out from a ball that was given away from Raya. Uh, from from uh, he he fed it out to the the midfield, and it was worked up along the along the left by Martinelli, and he made a great shot. And Leno done what Leno always does. He punched the ball into traffic. And Saka stuck a right foot out and scored a goal. Um, what did you make of the build-up? Raya uh, putting the ball out uh, and, and the way he fed it out to Martinelli. The, the effort of Martinelli, uh, it, looked, it looked like we are going to go on, on and win that game comfortably. I'd probably say it's the only time in that game that we got any space down, down either flank. And um, even at 1-0, personally watching it, I didn't feel like we were playing great. Um, and something looked off and I think we just had a, a really bad day at the office of the team and I don't think there's a single player that comes out of that game with any more credit or less than any other. Um, I think collectively the boys didn't have a good game and um, we need to move on very quickly but I never never for one minute did I actually look at that game thinking we were going to get something out of it after after that. Even, even at 1-0 up I just thought we wasn't playing great it, probably the worst I've seen us play for a, for a few years. Um, we looked a yard off it. We looked like we had no ideas. And the biggest thing for me was I feel like that team is really missing a Thomas Partey still because the one thing that I noticed is we went back to this U-shaped football of playing the ball wide, comeback central, other other sort of winger, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And and it went nowhere. And, and every single time we tried to play the ball between the lines into either Erdegaard, Havertz, Nketiah or whoever was playing there, as soon as the ball went into that player, boom, they was on us and they hit us. And they just looked like they were up for every single every single tackle or every single ball that went into their final third of the pitch. And they was going to let us get nowhere near. Um, and it, it's, it's a worry because I do feel like we are becoming a bit easy to play against at times and we need to to find a way of switching it up and and something Trev, a bit different. Trev, um, Dan talked about, like, you know, after that five minute, uh, the first five minutes in the goal, that we, we still didn't look like we're at the races. Uh, Fulham knocked on the door early on and 29 minutes in, they actually got the, the equaliser, which I'll put on here. Um, uh, that, oh, now we've got need to get rid of the sound, otherwise YouTube will have us. Uh, they've probably already done me for one already. Uh, but you know, look how much how exposed we look on that side of the pitch, and it's just it's just poor. And Jimenez uh, on, on on two occasions um, prior to that nearly scored. What was it like in the stadium? Because you were there yourself, and what was the feeling among the fans that travelled? Well, firstly, talking about fans that travelled, James is in the chat. I had a lovely day with James yesterday. A few beers before the game. It, uh, it was the best part of the day, obviously, taking into consideration the results. So, enjoyed your company, James. Thank you, mate. I thought we were... James, uh, James, in the chat, please let me know if he bought you a beer. First first five, ten minutes, I thought we were all right. I thought Martinelli looked particularly lively. And then he went through and he put the ball off the post and Saka's turned it in and... We were thinking, right, because I went to the game thinking our young, well, not so young, but still young lads, having 
watched how we play, how we were last season, how we've been earlier this season, I was certain we would get a reaction yesterday. I was certain we would get a reaction from them. I thought they can't let that West Ham game be like a chalice around their neck. Like, give, go, get rid of it. They've got to come and play a cracking game of football. But we scored the goal, and after that, we just did nothing. And the fans tried to lift it. I got. I remember my she said the fans were very loud on the telly at times. And I said, yeah, yeah they tried, but they were struggling because there was after we scored the goal, there was absolutely nothing to fire up our fans. And the fans didn't need firing up at times. They got going. But it was just just like, a, there was nothing. It, do you know what? For me, boys, that game yesterday, I'm gonna, I, there's a few things I'm going to say tonight that I never thought I'd ever say again about the Arsenal team. And I don't go in heavy on them. But that game yesterday, yesterday reminded me the, of the back end of the Wenger regime. It was, yeah, like it was like we'd gone back four years. It just... The, the, just the effort. It looked like they didn't really want to play. In fairness, you could see that they, Saka was trying his heart out, but he looked shattered. And he had no space. He was double-teamed again. Rice was, was making lots of ground around the edge of the area, but didn't manage to penetrate. And we... Eddie, I'm sorry, but did Eddie touch the ball? Did Eddie touch the ball? I've got written down here. I've got written down here, Trev. Uh, Inketia showed uh, plenty of endeavour. He struggled to make a meaningful impact in the, in, in the attack as Arsenal continued to lack a cutting edge. See, after that game against West Ham, Eddie Inketia should have been going out there yesterday, thinking opportunity knocks here. We've had a bad show against West Ham. They've put me in the side against Fulham. I'm going to get right stuck in here. I never. It weren't until about. Just before half time, I, I said to I was stood next to Mark and I said, I've only just remembered Eddie's playing. I've only just remembered Eddie's playing. He was that poor lad, you know, and and it, it threw me back to the day. Do you remember when we used to say we used to say, Oh, we've got Willock, we've got Nelson, we've got Maitland Niles, we've got Nketia. These are the boys that are gonna carry us forward. That's what we used to say. But yeah. deep down, deep down, right? All most Arsenal fans knew. That they weren't quite good enough. And Arteta knew that. And he, he cleared them out, right? But what he's brought in yesterday didn't do any better. I, I, I'll i finish off with saying, right, after coming away from yesterday, I don't think that Jesus and Havertz can play in the same side unless they're playing with a striker, a proper striker. You can't have them both in the same side. And you certainly, I hate to say it, I, I don't pick on them much, Eddie. Not good enough. Not good enough. No, I, I can't disagree with anything. Habits, you can't. Both okay in their areas, but not. What are they not, right? They're not finishers. They're not people that are going to finish the ball. Jesus missed two headers against West Ham. You tell me that Kane or Haaland or even what's his name? The bloke we want to sign misses them two headers. None of them do. They don't. We lack a finisher. We're playing too many round-the-box players and not an in-the-box player. And we tried it yesterday, and the lad didn't do it, didn't show for us. Right, I'll show Alex, Alex, a whole lot to unpack there. Um, you know, uh, Jesus not being a finisher, Eddie not being good enough. Um, 
comical defending again for the the the, the um uh the this goal here which is the 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 2-0 for um yeah. for Fulham you know frustrating I'll leave it to you. <laughs> yeah and it, it seems like we've conceded a lot of goals from from set pieces the last couple of games um but I understand why Treff's so frustrated and um especially what he after what he told about the players not clapping the fans after the game as well, I'd be very frustrated as well. And Alex, Alex, sorry, mate, they did clap us, but from a distance, oh, yeah, yeah. they were walking off the foot. Yeah. I don't want to go over the and, top. And, yeah. and, and and it was the same with the West Ham game. There was only two players that came back uh, around to the North Bank um, and, and left like the centre circle area after the West Ham game, which is Odegaard and Declan Rice. Odegaard does it every time and Declan Rice does. So credit to them. I feel like the Fulham game, it's it's maybe not the game where we can single out players and say whether they're good enough or not good enough for us because I feel like it was just collectively, we we just really didn't play very well. Um, and I want to go back to what Dan said about um, like the li- line-breaking passes because I think um, and that's one of the areas where Declan Rice, he's a phenomenal football player and in many areas he's better than... Than, than Thomas Party, but I think um, in in the line breaking passes department, he he still lacks um, a bit, and I think it comes from the way he's been playing at West Ham, where we saw how they play. He's used to playing like that, and he's still um, acclimatizing the way we're playing, where we, I mean, we're used to having a lot of possession, and I think he still needs to learn. Uh, how to play these line-breaking passes because it was a lot of sideways um, from winger to winger and it did become very predictable in the end that um, the way the way we were playing um, and I know a lot of people don't really want to see Thomas Partey back in the team and they don't feel like we miss him but I think yesterday I really think I, I feel like we missed Thomas Partey yesterday in some sense. I think we 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 missed that type of player. Like, listen, we we went into that game. Uh, remember, we didn't control the game yesterday. We really no, didn't. no, we didn't. We didn't control the game. There was somebody who popped up in the chat and said we look knackered. We look devoid of ideas, and I I do agree with that. We went into this uh, after a draw at Anfield on twenty third of December, top of the league. You know, this is a, a title aspiration. You know, if our, our aspirations are to win the title, we should have had more than one point out of nine uh, over those three games over Christmas. Uh, Liverpool take on Newcastle um, uh, tonight, actually, and we play them in the FA Cup uh, on um, uh, next next weekend. Trevor, we spoke when you, you said about, like, you know, this looked like the, the old days of Wenger. And I said, oh, Christ, and all we need now is an FA Cup third round against... Uh, you know, we, we we could do with playing against Cardiff or uh, Leighton Orient or something like that. But we're going to play Liverpool because we could rotate some teams and rest these players. Where do you put this Liverpool game on your radar now of priorities? Because is it? Do we want to win a trophy, the FA Cup? Uh, do we want to still push on? Champions League is still uh, doable. Um, you know, our the league. Where do we go? Are you on mute? Sorry, yes, boys. You are. It's Christmas and New Year, so forgive me. There's quite a few comments in our chat line saying that Eddie was making the runs and 
Eddie had his hand in the air and he wasn't getting the feed. Now, I've not watched game back. I, I only watched it live while I was there. And, and I'm saying it how I saw it. So, if I've overhyped the, having to go at Eddie, then I apologise for that, boys. And uh, I'll take it back. I think that the Liverpool game, Fergus, if I'm honest, becomes very, very important, right? Uh, when I looked at the Christmas fixtures before the West Ham game, we got we had we got we had West Ham Fulham taking Liverpool. We got oh we got we, we got after that we got is it Forest and Palace Palace Palace. Yeah, I, I thought I was thinking to myself, wow, if we go the right way here, we could find ourselves six points clear after Christmas because everyone's winning a few and losing a few. But that's not to be the case, right? We're playing badly. We're playing. We played. We, I think we got outplayed against West Ham when we played atrociously. It isn't an over comment, overstatement when I think about yesterday's game. So for me now, the Liverpool Cup game becomes becomes very important because it's it's not a free hit, but it's a sort of free hit to get back into form, isn't it? You know, we're losing the cup to Liverpool. We go out, people are gutted. But then they start thinking, well, that's one com cup competition out of the way. Less games to play gives more opportunity going forward, right? But I want to see us beat Liverpool and I want to see us bounce back to form. And I'm, I'm going to gently move into this now, right? We'll, we can come on it whenever you want, Fergus. I want to see Ramsdale play against Liverpool, right? I desperately want to see Aaron Ramsdale play against Liverpool. And I just want to see how the team plays and reacts and, and moves the ball about. Because as we showed at Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, Fergus, we drew there and we were superb. That We were superb at Liverpool, which makes these last two performances all the harder to take, doesn't it, you know? So we can beat Liverpool next weekend. I'd love to see us beat Liverpool. It's an opportunity to get a bit of confidence back without damaging our league position anymore. So, for me, we go all out against Liverpool. We put out the strongest side we can. We've got a week off after, right? Don't forget, we don't play for about 10 or 11 days after we play it's Liverpool. Two, it's virtually two weeks, Trev, yeah. yeah virtually two weeks. So, put the, all these lads that didn't perform yesterday, stick them back in again, right? Stick them back in again against Liverpool and just say, go out there and show our home fans what we're really about. Remind them how good we are. Let them forget how bad we were last week. So stick a good side out, but I want to see Ramsdale play. Dan, I didn't come back to you. Go on, uh, at the end of the last one before we went into Liverpool game. Go on. You, I think you yeah. were going to say something. Yeah, no, it was just a few things that Alex said, and, and to be honest, I, I, I agreed with it. And, and Trev just sort of said a few of them as well just just then. But leading on from firstly the Eddie, the Eddie situation, and I don't think any one of us have said that we believe Eddie is going to be good enough to be our leading striker. Um, no, but. Fulham, I don't think, was anything to do with that. I think you could have put anyone there. You could have put Ronaldo and his prime up front and I think nothing would have got to him because exactly as, as, as we just said, there's no line-breaking passes that are getting through to the guys that can create chances for that game. And I, I hope that was a one-off. I think it was a one-off, awful performance. I, I've not seen it from this team before, I think, this bad as, as this collective group. But... We need to make sure it doesn't happen again and we need to make sure that the next game we go forward and, and, and we put in a much better performance, whether we win, lose or draw, the, the team have a better performance. But back to what I said about just being consistent with with thought processes, right, is that everyone was jumping on how good Declan Rice has been. He had an awful game. How good Saliba's been. Saliba had an awful game. I don't think there's any one player in, against Fulham that didn't have a bad game that we could actually say uh, sort of, 
can avoid any any criticism and it's just that yeah I just, I just don't like seeing certain players singled out when I think they don't deserve it but then one game doesn't change that opinion you know it doesn't change my opinion on Eddie or any of the other guys but for me we still need to go back to basics of when they're all fit Partey is that six it's not Rice Rice isn't the six I think I've said on here a few times that Rice shouldn't be the six he should be the eight and I think if you get back to everyone being fit with Partey Rice Erdegaard then you can start to say, where do we need to be as a team? Where do we need to improve? We all know we need a centre forward. Now, I think I've also said Jesus in the long term for me will always be a backup to Saka on the right, right wing. And I think that's where we will go because he isn't clinical enough. But Jesus is a very good player. And mm. I understand why Arteta would bring Eddie in because against West Ham, Jesus had two big chances, didn't score them. So if you're the second striker, you're sitting on the bench thinking, well, the number one striker just missed two guilt-edge chances where's my chance? Eddie's sitting there thinking, I need a chance. Every time I've played, I've scored goals. Why is he not playing me? So I understand him, him playing Eddie in that game and, and people are going to... Eddie's Viagra though if he's got to perform, isn't he? Well, yeah, well, so, some, some people do, Fergus. You have to let us know about that, mate. But, um, <laughs> some, sometimes... That's for you. <laughs> everyone wants to jump up. It certainly wasn't what I was expecting, mate. Um... <laughs> Everyone wants to jump on the back and criticise the player and criticise the manager saying, why has Eddie played? Why has Eddie played? I understand why he's played, but the, 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 the truth be told, the team let everyone down on that, on that game. And, and sometimes you can't single one person out and say it's this person's fault or it's because this person made a mistake. As a group, we just wasn't good enough. And it's, it's a day that I think, as I said, bad in the office, we just need to move on and bounce back against Liverpool. And, 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 and a big win, FA Cup or not, a big win against Liverpool can kickstart. And all we need is we need a run of games. We need to get a good run together where we win three, four, five on the bounce again and get us back to feeling a bit more confident. And the, the shame of it for me is post-Liverpool Anfield, I was expecting West Ham and Fulham to be the two games that started that run. Um, and it hasn't worked out that way. So we need to pick it up and go again. But it isn't all doom and gloom. We're still in a race that hasn't changed. It will change if we don't get out of this bad sort of place of form and we need to pick things up but that hasn't changed we're still in with a great shout in my opinion of the Champions League we've got a good draw if we apply ourselves we've got the FA Cup that we're coming into we have a great chance of winning something this year and having a good season still but it's how we react and how we come back against it and not getting on their backs and and saying it's all over well it's not all over we've got a lot of football still to play yeah it's a really interesting point you know and and, and although We've been down a bit tonight, and rightly down, rightly down, and rightly been having a little bit of a dig at the players. We're all proper decent Arsenal fans in this on this podcast, and all of our viewers are looking at the comments. Right, we'll, we'll be we'll be optimistic for Liverpool. We won't be down, and we won't go and boo or or jeer when we play Liverpool. We'll go expectant of of a return to good form. You know, I mean, after the West Ham game, I put on a post on social media saying I fully expect us to to bounce back against Fulham. It turns out I was wrong. And somebody put a comment saying, no, we won't. We'll get beaten again. And then after we got beaten yesterday, they put, ha-ha, I told you so. Then asked that, that, that person says they're an Arsenal fan. <laughs> You're not. You're not. Because it don't matter how bad it is. You see, what we're doing now, you swapping in the pub, Fergus, before. So yeah, exactly. Know. And that's the concept of this, isn't it, that's Trev? Exactly. That's the point I'm trying to make, right? That's what I'm trying to make. We're all picking fault in our team now, but we'll all be at the game 
on on Sunday, roaring our team on, roaring our team on. You know, um, it's um, it, it's it's the way us fans are. Proper fans have a moan like this, but when we set foot in that ground, we are a hundred percent behind that team. And a few people that booed yesterday after the game, embarrassing. Sorry, but you're embarrassing. But Dan, Alex Ferg, I just wanted to move it a, a little bit lighter, right? And and, and just take this away for a minute. And, but I, I can't get it out of my head, you know. And I said it at the end of last season. Boy, I wish we'd have managed to keep Xhaka for another season. Because I think with the injuries we've had to party, and we had Rice out for a little while, I just think having Xhaka to call in just made us a bit of a dip, would have made us a different side, you know. I, I don't know what you boys think about that. I know we lost him, so we're talking hypothetically. But we've got to get off this downward spiral tonight, boys. You know what? I, 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 I think the thing that we should remember, you know, as bad as it has been, it has been Ferg, pretty poor. To what? No, Ferg, no, no. It's, it's been, it's been wait, pretty wait. poor. It could, it, it, it could be worse. I've got to bring this comment up before you say it, mate. I'm sorry, Leanne. You know, I have that effect on people, sweetheart. You know, it happens. <laughs> but, uh, Stop I'll, it. I'll try, <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to... Um, not to linger too long tonight. Right, Ferg, I'm sorry. I had to bring that no, up. No, no, no. I'll tell you what. It's probably better better dreaming about you than dreaming about, you know, it could be worse. We could be ginger. You call me ginger, bruv? Do you know what? You man can say whatever you want about me. You can say I shit in the bush. I shit on the high road. I don't wipe my bum. But so what? Who does? But ginger, bruv, it's not even ginger. It's more like strawberry blonde. Look, I'll show you my piss. Oh, what are you doing in there, man? You look like a salmon tin. Hey, yeah, it's cool, you know, it's a showman. Give like him the pound, bro. Yeah, just take the pound, take the pound. Oh, Fuck off, bro. Weeks, bro. Love for that, bro. I can feel the ginger loving you, brother. Well, Kane, what are you saying, yeah? you got a pound for me, brother. I'll sing for you, yeah? I got it. Then I don't think that's funny. I'm on your side. Logus Keating, you are a massive twat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I was gonna be. I was gonna be so nice. I thought, no, don't, don't wind him up. But listen, to me. Here's I can't even say. I can't even say. If you guess that, then it's the only ginger in the world. We've got ginger listeners as well. Yeah. No, 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 but he, he's our How ginger. Our listeners yes. went, Listen, mate, I am not your ginger. I'm nothing to do with you anymore. <laughs> Me and you, we are done, mate. We are done. Like, like, like your wall and your Wenger picture, mate, we are not staying together anymore. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, listen, Dan, listen, you know when we're away at Porto and we're getting that car and he's got to drive all the way, we shall slowly get supping the beers right under his nose in that car, mate. All right. Fine. You know, you know my idea I had last time about I'm going to roll up loads of little balls of paper like we did. You remember the podcast before where you kept flicking them out? Yeah, in Madrid. The whole drive. <laughs> I'm going to hand them out like stacks like Santa. We can just pick them out in the whole drive. Right. You call me Ginger, bruv. Do you know what? You man. Listen. <laughs> this bloke here, right? This bloke here. 
Kente. If you don't follow him, follow him on Twitter, people. Oh, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Superb. Interesting stat he's put in there, Fergus. Interesting stat he's put in there. We need a striker, I reckon. We need the last time we won the league without a striker was 1933-34. Wow. Without a 15-plus goal striker. Well, I've, I mean, got, I've got another stat here. The last time Fergus went 24 hours about being a twat, 1901. <laughs> I wasn't born then. It was 1971. 1970, actually, because I was born in 71. Was. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting stat, but if we look at last it's sunset. <laughs> It's it's about a sunset, Moroccan sunset. Actually, I think he calls it. I mean, <laughs> I, I might have to go to witness. <laughs> yeah. no, look, listen. If you, you asked me to um, you, you asked me you asked me to lighten the mood. You asked me to lighten the mood. It is the new year. We He's need to be positive. <laughs> we need to be positive. Uh, final sort of topic is we're fourth in the league. Uh, the performances we've seen over Christmas, does that keep us as a top four team? Trev? Well, of course it doesn't, Fergus. We took one point from nine. We're not top half of the table team with them performances over Christmas. And so I can't find it. I've just been looking for it. Someone put a really interesting comment in just now, right? In that Liverpool, we might be all right against Liverpool on Sunday because Liverpool come out and play football against us. But you can guarantee, right? That Roy Hodgson and that bloke at Forest will have watched how we've been played against at West Ham and at Fulham, and not Forest and Palace might likely part the bus. Look at Ruth's comment. Thank she you, lies. Ruth. She's lying to you. She's Thank talking, you, talking about Trev, right? But you know she's lying about you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, Alex. Oh, Alex. Alex, top four. Um, uh, top four, we're in the fourth place. Uh, Liverpool play Newcastle tonight. Um, hoping for a Newcastle win, to be honest, do us a favour. Keep us in touch uh, with the, the, the top of the table. But do you, can, can you see top four being in, in, in threat? Mm, I mean, it's difficult to say no because we're neck on neck right now with, with other teams. But I think... Um, in the long run, in the long run, um, we should be able to get top four. Um, but I mean, we we have Champions League as well, um, so that might come into play where Arteta will have to prioritise um, later in the season. But I mean, we should be able to comfortably get top four this season with how good we know we can be. We just have to heighten our our um, performances. Um, so we don't have many more of those that we have had against um, Fulham, and it's it's a weird one. But but I saw this um, yesterday in in um, in 2023, our average points was um, 1.9, and in 2022, our average points in the Premier League was 2.2. Uh, so in Premier League terms, we've we've actually had a worse year this uh, in 2023 compared to the year before. Um, so, I mean, if we want to challenge for the title, we definitely need to imp improve. Um, and I think um, getting some of our injured players back, Partey, and I don't know if Timber will, will get back and play this season, but he was brought in to improve the team and he hasn't been able to make an impact. Um, but 
we'll see how they do in the in the January transfer window. So we haven't really touched on that yet, but it will be interesting to see what what the the board will will bring bring to the team if they feel the need to add any players, and yeah, what what the ambitions is for this season. So um, Liverpool in the cup on um, on Sunday. Dan, what's your expectations? Obviously, I'm going to cock up the words uh, while I'm on the concourse like I did. And I think that's what Richie's comments about. Um, how bad was I on Thursday? Then I'm not talking to you, Fergus. <laughs> so, uh, if, if, if Trevor or Alex want to repeat that question, I might answer it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dan, I'll answer that question, mate. Um, what do you think of Fergus? Well, I don't think you like the song, but it goes very well with shit, doesn't it? <laughs> Listen, Fergus, let me ask you a question, mate, right? Arnie's just put up on there about hit the likes. We, we've had a really good night tonight. We've had a lot more people watching us um, than we normally do, uh, both on YouTube, uh, Twitter, and uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, jump over to our YouTube channel, uh, hit the like and subscribe button. It, it just makes us feel better and less ginger. I was gonna, I was gonna change the subject again, but he just keeps going. Honestly, if he goes missing, it is me. Like, I'll put it on camera. If anyone wants to look for the murderer, it's me tonight. But I hope someone else doesn't be in before me. But oh, oh, right, I'll be, I'll be calm because we're a professional Arsenal podcast, apart from that one up there. But Alex, yeah. top four. It's not even, a, it's not, even, it's not even a conversation. Two, two games ago. Everyone was saying the best three teams in the country, City, Liverpool and Arsenal. Agreed. That has not changed because of two games. That is still the situation. We are not under threat thinking about top four. We are still thinking about going for the title. 18 games of us to go. Hasn't changed. Where's the FA Cup then on your um, on your uh, Richter scale of what, what, what needs to be achieved? Top of the priority list because it's the next game. And that's all you got to do is one game at a time. We don't need to rest players. I don't buy the narrative of being knackered. We've got the winter break coming up after that. Playing a strong team. We should be going, in my opinion, full strength and try and win that game like any other. Dan, would you agree that if we play like we've done in the first half of the season, we won't get anywhere near the league title? Yes. Um, so we really have to what, improve them. What, what I actually said a few weeks ago was if we carried on defending in the way that we did, we would win the league. And I still yeah. believe that if we defend like that, we will win the league. But we haven't defended like that the last few games. And people want to go straight for the juggler and say we need a striker. We also need to be defensively a lot better than we have been in the last couple of games because that isn't good enough. And you can bring in the best striker in the world and put him up front and that wouldn't have changed that game against Fulham. So there are other things we need to improve, but we can improve them. We have a good enough team to, to do better um, and we have a good enough squad to raise the level again and start playing football at our best, which we can play, which I don't think we've yet hit this year. If, Fred, if yeah, we, uh, forget about just thinking about the league at the moment, right? If we go to Palace, if, if, if we play Palace, and Roy Hodgson does what West Ham does and parks the bus and, and, and gives us the space where he wants us to have it, have we got the tools to beat that in the squad? That's a huge question. Huge question. Um, 
on on current form and, and and the previous few games, including at Liverpool, no, we don't. We don't have a tin opener to open that tin, which is the back of the net. Uh, you know, we we we, we struggled when you see. Uh, Martinelli and Saka button oh well Saka in particular button crosses in with Jesus having to dig so deep um, against Liverpool and Martinelli being on the edge of the box there was nobody in the box and when Eddie came on he was the one most f- furthest forward and um, end up in the back of the net and then you know West Ham managed us out of the game I can't see uh, Palace being that much different than West Ham. And then Eddie got his opportunity against Fulham and it was atrocious. So the answer is no, we haven't, Trev. Yeah. I, I mean, are you seeing that just this time last season? I was sitting here saying, oh, I don't care how teams play against us. We're good enough to play around any defence. We'll find a space. And all of this season... I thought that we've been struggling to find that space, but we've played well enough to, to, to get enough points to get us at the top of the league. And I've, there's no complaints from me. We are absolutely still in the title race. If we turn it around and get our best form back, we're going to be right up there pushing, undoubtedly. And we're going to go deep into the Champions League if we play to the best of our ability. But right, at, talking like we are now on this podcast at this very moment in time, seeing the last couple of games, I've got it in my head, if Palace parked the bus, how do we get round that? How do we get round it? Uh, that's where I'm different from last season because last season I wouldn't have cared less. Uh, you know, we you know what? I, I, I don't. Bar Shaka, we haven't really changed hugely. We've added uh, Havertz instead, and 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 uh, added Rice as well. But like as a team and the style of play we're playing, we're playing the same. But do you think, Dan, Alex, Alex, you come back first. Have we been found out a little? Um, in some way, yes, but then again, I feel like the players who were supposed to come in and improve the team this season, we haven't really benefited from too much yet. Um, Declan Rice has been fantastic, but Havertz has only just now started to hit the ground running. And then Timber, who I'm pretty sure was supposed to be brought in as a starting player, we haven't seen all season, so... I feel like the players who were supposed to elevate us further from last season hasn't been able to do it. And then in combination with us not being able to put away our chances and we have we just haven't been very clinical um, is why we've ended up where we are right now in the moment, which is in sort of a middle ground place where we, we go from week to week feeling like, OK, we've, we've fixed the issue now. Havertz is playing really well. We win against Brighton. We put in a good performance against Liverpool. And then we can't take our chances against West Ham. And, and then we go put in uh, a poor performance against Fulham. So it's frustrating at the moment. But I just hope we can find some consistency um, in, in the next couple of weeks. Dan, have we been found out? No, I don't think we've been found out. I think teams are giving us the respect we deserve because last year we showed how good we are. And now teams are not as willing to come at us. They're more likely to sit in and say, let's take our chances on a break and and take chances of a mistake because they know how good Arsenal are. And if they leave any spaces, they know they'll get taken apart. But I've got, I've got no problem thinking that if Palace come to the Emirates and sit in, that we'll still beat them. And, and I think we've... 
if we get back to playing our free-flowing and confident football, that we can still be taking teams like that apart. But we need to be doing things a bit better in terms of breaking lines, in terms of finding the half space better, in terms of linking between players better. Because the, the, the players, the, the front three and the two guys off them haven't linked very well in the first half of the season. We haven't been that fluid. But what I struggle with is sometimes just some of the comments about the solutions and 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 just reading a couple in the chat. One was Martinelli up top. One is bring back Giroud on loan. I just don't see that that makes any difference to but, how we're playing at the moment. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I'll give you an example, right? Giroud, Giroud, was, Giroud was actually absolutely taken apart by Arsenal fans, saying he wasn't good enough when he played for us. We needed someone better. He wasn't a good enough striker. And everyone said what he should have been is just a number two that comes off the bench for the last 10 minutes. That I, I agree with. So if you're going to bring him in and say we're going to bring him on for the last five or 10 minutes and lump the ball into him, fine. But we're not going to play like that for 90 minutes. We're not going to all of a sudden turn into a team that's going to be crossing the ball into zero, into one man. Because, again, that's easy to deal with. What, what are teams going to do? They're going to stick two big centre-halves in that are going to dominate in more game. And, and then we've got nothing else to play with. You're going to put Martinelli as a centre-forward. Well, Martinelli isn't as clinical as Eddie and Ketter, who we're saying is not good enough. Martinelli, we're saying his strengths are running scores more goals. one. Sorry? Martinelli scores more goals. No, he hasn't oh, I, got I, Eddie's our top scorer, I think, at the minute. Uh, uh, yeah. the season. Martin Ellie's not as clinical as Eddie, but, but people want to find these solutions. And I, look, I, no, I, I'm not saying no, I know what Dan, the Dan, is, I, that's I, why we're not managers. I was in a, I was in a WhatsApp group um, with somebody who I, I don't normally agree with, but said ahead of the Fulham game that we should drop Saka and we should have played um, Havertz up the middle and played Jesus out right and Martinelli out left, or Trossard out left. I think drop both Martinelli and Saka because they look knackered and changed up a little bit. And I, I think that's where people are coming. I, I, I don't think it's that they're knackered, Fergus. Honestly, I don't think it is. I think, one, teams know how good they are, so they are doubling up on them. And now you've got two inverted wingers that want to come inside onto their stronger foot. So... You know with Saka, he wants to come in onto his left. You know with Martinelli, he wants to come in onto his right. So what are teams going to do? They're going to show them outside down the line and they don't want to go there. This is why I think if, if we want to improve as a team, sometimes I'm just crying out for Martin, Martinelli and Saka to just hit the byline. Just head down, go to the byline and stick across it. But then they're on their weak foot and then it's not playing to the way we want to play. So teams are for, sort of, they know the the weakness of those players at the minute. And that's what individually they need to improve and they need to find out and be working on week in, week out on the training ground. So we need but, to change it then. So we need so? to change it. Well, do, do we need to change it? I mean, the, yeah, but Joanne has just answered there. Look, we need to change things up a bit, Dan. Like, you know, look, she says, uh, by, by mixing things up, we'll, we'll draw players out. Uh, you know, players know what we're doing. Uh, they just buy the time and the disposal of uh, these uh, Dispose of us easily. Sorry, yeah, Paul Burr was right earlier. I've had a few beers. I've been starting people, very people early. Know what, I've, I've done quite well. People know what Man City are doing, right? Doesn't mean they can stop it all the time. And that's because they are so good at doing what they are good at doing, if that makes sense. They, they, they know their system. The players fit the system. The manager knows his idea. He doesn't change it. He doesn't start lumping balls into the box 24-7. He does it on occasions, but he doesn't do it all the time. And he doesn't change his system as well. He plays that one system. But the team are so well-drilled. They've been doing it for so many years. They're experienced players. And 
they still take teams apart, even though you know what they're going to do. It, it, when when we play our best, when we play well and we move the ball quickly, the current system works. The system is good enough with the players that we've got is good enough. The problem yeah. is that system, and that comes with age. That comes with inexperience for some people. It comes from needing to make mistakes and learn from it, and that's going to happen. But that doesn't mean change the idea. You know, if the, if the idea is right, you stick to the idea. You don't just all of a sudden change it because someone else knows you're going to play this way. You do it better. You find your strengths and you make them better. Trevor, controversially to us, maybe to some, um, we talked about this briefly on the phone uh, after like uh, yesterday when after the Fulham game on your way home. Um, Paul Burr puts it in the comments here, unsure uh, what the reaction will be since Ramdale, uh, Ramsdale has been dropped. We haven't been the same. And myself and yourself touched on this. Has not lost the dressing room is, is the wrong phrase, but has this. Ramsdale, Raya, just just disharmony amongst. Um, there, there was rumors, There was the odd rumor going around the ground yesterday, and the odd whisper that we haven't looked the same since he dropped Ramsdale. And I don't think anyone's saying that Raya is bad. They're saying that we haven't looked the same since he dropped Ramsdale, and they seem to be referring more to the dressing room than anything else. And it just got me thinking because. You know, if it, if any player in that dressing room who's an international, one of the best players in the world, plays for his plays for his country, will be looking at what's happened with Ramsdale and thinking, it don't matter how well I play, there's a possibility if he if he decides he don't want me, he don't want me. So has form gone out the window that way? It's all clutching at straws, Fergus. It's all rumors, but- whispers. But that was what was there was a good few people mentioning the Ramsdale and and the dressing room yesterday. You know some of the stuff I told you that I'd heard from some very reliable people and and, and the Ramsdale and even the Gabrielle sort of stuff at the beginning of the season. It it, it all does have an effect on the the the, the collective and you know if we're not playing well that would uh, would um, make it feel you know, bad. Uh, what was that that um, James put up? Sorry, uh, James said Ramsdale dad was there again. Yeah, well, James, you know, Nick is there every game. He supports his son every game, home, away, Europe, everywhere. He's normally in the box above us uh, in block five. Um, and then he goes to the away games and he doesn't want to the posh seats. He always wants to be in with, with the fans and he talks to the fans, has a beer with the fans. Um, I don't know. Alex, what's your thoughts on 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 disharmony maybe in the dressing room that might be causing and could that be what's going on i don't know i mean if there is disharmony yes possibly it could affect but i mean we we don't know we we hear certain stuff sometimes but we can't be sure that that's the that's the case so i mean if there is disharmony because of the ramsdale raya thing um yes it could affect the players at I don't think there is. I'd like to think there isn't, but um, of course it could have an effect. But um, I mean that's just. I feel like if if players are unsure of their positions because of what happened with Ramsdale and Raya, um, they shouldn't be playing for us. Because I mean, you don't want players like that in our team. I'd say so, but I feel it was justified that. Raya came in. I'm not saying Ramsdale didn't do well, but he wasn't 
the best keeper in the world. So, I mean, bringing in an, another keeper wasn't unheard of. So, I don't think you can blame it on Arteta. And, He's created. And, and when, when you look at the two keepers that were in situ prior to Ramsdale and Raya, yeah. Turner, who was a, <laughs> damn lucky at Forest oh, uh, yesterday. And he's really struggled, and, yeah. And Le Leno, who was not great at Fulham. Dan, what's your final thoughts on on maybe, you know, there's something not quite right this season at the minute. I, and, and listen, I'm not getting negged out because, as we said, and I mentioned before, after Liverpool, we're all quite positive. We're only two points off the top. So, you know, we're, we're still... I'm, I'm not going to dismiss it. I think it's a, it's a good question. But ask the same question for other things that have changed between when we were playing well and, and the current situation. We haven't been the same since Zinchenko picked up calf injuries. We haven't been the same since Partey's been injured. We haven't been the same, really, this season to the end of last year. I'll tell you the only thing that is the same is we've picked up this season where we finished last season. The last eight games of last season is how we are now playing this season. So that these players, the Ramsar situation, didn't happen at the end of last season. He was still playing. I, I think it's just, it's we've changed. We're not quite playing as well as we were the beginning to middle part of last season. People are trying to put the finger on a reason for it being, and then, oh, what's changed? Oh, this is something we don't like, the Ramsdale Ray situation. Let's put a finger on that and blame it on that. You could blame it on many mm -hmm. things. As, as Trev said earlier, Jack are leaving. Big impact. Could it be that? Could it, could it be the injuries to a couple of key players? Could it be the two players we've signed out of the new 11 in terms of Rice and Havertz have not yet fully fit into the team yet, and you need to give them time? So many different factors, but People want to pick on I, I, I honestly think the, the, the Shaka um, departure has changed Odegaard's game. I, I, I really, I really do, and I think that's it, it's other players settling in, and we just haven't seemed to have. Well, as party are injured as well, but we haven't seemed to have to fit uh, fix that area. I don't know, but guys. We've um, we've chatted. I could actually chat for ages, Trevor. Uh, Trev, do you have Trevor time before we do a little song? Fergie, I said it just now, right? And it's really, really important that any match-going fans in the chat or anyone on social media even that don't go to games, you know? Remember, we've, we've had a moan tonight, and we've rightly had a moan about an Arsenal team that's not performing very well at all the last couple of games. By the end of the day, we are Arsenal fans, right? And you, through thick and thin, through highs and lows, right? I've Trust me. At my age, I've been through some lows for the Arsenal. I was going a few years ago when they couldn't give away tickets for the Emirates. Right? Mm. It was empty seats everywhere. And I went every week full of hope, full of optimism, and shouted me head off. I didn't shout as much as Ferguson, thanks. I'm too old and I ain't got the lungs. But support our team, yeah? In this forum, we are exactly right to pull them apart. Exactly right to pull them to pieces. They deserve to be pulled to pieces after yesterday. As a matter of fact, I think taking it all into consideration after yesterday's performance, we've probably gone easy on them, right? But that's done now. The next game is Liverpool. We'll all be there. We'll all be on social media and we'll all back our football club because that's what the Arsenal fans do. It's us against the world, remember? It's us against the world at the Arsenal. And we can't afford to leave any gaps. So, all together, support our team, yeah? Final question to Dan. Dan, did you manage to get to the Fulham game yesterday? No. No, I didn't in the end. Couldn't, you couldn't lucky sod. So. <laughs> no? And then you got guys like, guys, got guys like Charlie, who managed to sell their Fulham away ticket 
that cost them 30 quid and sell it for 250 quid. People like that, okay, and I'm leaving it up there so people can see who Charlie is. People like that need to be reported to the club. I don't like grassing, but they need to be reported to the club because they shouldn't have an away ticket in the first place. And fellow Arsenal fans who would love to go or who do attend away games and follow the the club up and down the country and around the world, like Trevor has, like I have occasionally, and Dan, you have done loads. We've we've done loads, and 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 Alex, you've you've come, you fly over here on a regular basis, and you've been out to European away games. Games, people like Charlie need to be found, told not to sell their tickets, and the club made aware so they can't get access to tickets going forward. That's me on my high horse. Um, I've enjoyed it, guys. Um, it's, as always, a little bit cathartic to, as Trev said, we, we called them out. We don't slag them off. But we are North London forever. Trev, to bring a tear to your eye, take yourself off mute. Take yourself off mute. New Year, same old Trev. All the time. It was my, it was my New Year's resolution not to mute myself and forget. Well, that lasted about five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, it brings a tear to my eye every day, every time I hear it, because... It's all about our great club now, isn't it? I mean, on the television, I've had to watch a couple of games on the television. You know, I've not the, got the best of elf boys. I'm not going to bore you with that. So I have to watch your game on the telly. The noise, the, even sat in my armchair at home, right, with a beer. And when I hear that North London forever go off, wow. Just gets me going. Just gets me going. Um, My, my uh, future son-in-law uh, came, he... He supports the Dynamo Dresden and Arsenal, and he came over. He hadn't been in. Normally comes uh, Boxing Day, and I don't think he'd been over since uh, pre-pandemic. And he was on the concourse um, before the game at West Ham, and he was like, "Wow!" He said, "We normally turned up fifteen minutes beforehand, grabbed a quick beer, and went down to our seats, and there was nothing, and everyone had a chat at the pub. But we got in there an hour beforehand. Dan and myself, I cocked up everything. Dan sorted it all out as usual, being ginger." Um, and um, it, it was just, it, it, he said it was unreal. And then I asked him, what did you think of North London forever? And he went, it doesn't have got a lot of volume um, and a lot of passion behind it. So that's from somebody looking from the outside, being there and looking at it, it, it really is good. Fuck. Go on, Trev. Oh, just reminded us, happy birthday, Super Jack Wilshire. Happy birthday today. He's only 32, you know, our Jack. He's only, th injuries finished him, I know. But scored the best goal at the Emirates that I've seen. I've seen the Norwich goal. Yeah. 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 Happy birthday, Jackie boy. Yeah. Right, guys. Um, I am absolutely out of my box drunk. Um, I'm, I'm going to sit down, fall asleep on a sofa. Um, it's been a, a long day. 
Um, yeah. Uh, are, you gonna, are you going to straighten your pictures up after this goes off or are you going to do it later? No, no, that I'm going to do it. That still twisted, Dan. That yeah, one in the middle of the moon. The gold line's wonky. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Of the Arsenal.